Hi, this is Daisy Bicking, starting episode one, oh my goodness, of the Hoof Love Not War podcast. I'm really, really excited to be here and share some of these things with you all because I feel the most important thing I do as a farrier and hoof care provider is teaching and sharing information with others. It's one thing for me to help horses. Every day I put my hands on horses and I do the best job I can in helping them live their best lives, but I'm only one person. So when I teach or when I can share some nugget of information that helps someone else help a horse, I feel like I'm helping those horses too. And that to me is the real power of education is being able to reach beyond what my physical being can accomplish and actually make more of an impact to help horses around me. So that being said, for the first episode, I think the best thing we could talk about is the, the typical day that I have with helping horses and teaching others as I go along. So I have with me here my current, just recently graduated apprentice who has now earned the title of team member and has elected to stay on for another year. So she completed two years of my apprenticeship, which is typical for any apprentice I take on, and now has elected to stay for the, a third year as an intensive study to help her continue her education. So I'd like to introduce you all to Kimmy Benetta. Kimmy, say hi. Hi, everyone. So Kimmy, you and I spend a lot of time together. And, um, you know, we, we all joke about, you know, I have my house husband at home and my work wife in the truck because we actually probably spend more time together than I do sometimes with my family, don't you think? Uh, yes, because we work a lot. Because we work a lot, we yes. We have a lot of horses to help. That's right. So in the scheme of things, you've had all this experience under your belt. And currently we have another Daisy Haven Farm student riding along with us. And that brings a whole dynamic to our adventures that means learning happens at an even different level than our day-to-day -day conversations, correct? Yes, for sure. Okay, so we have with us for the last, last couple days a good friend and mentee of mine. Her name is Nicole Krishka. Say hello, Nicole. Hello, everyone. And so um, you have been to um, one official Daisy Haven Farm workshop, correct? Yes. And that was how long ago? Uh, a year ago. Wow, was that long already? Last May. Wow, okay. So you've been to one workshop. You've also been studying in my online foundation course, yep. right? And you're a member of my Patreon, is that yep. correct? Yes. Okay, which, which level Patreon do you subscribe to? Uh, currently the... I want it all. I believe so. Is that the one where you get to come and watch live events if you have time and energy? I believe so. Yeah, I think that's I've the one. I've changed throughout. I kept going up. Is that the top level? Yeah, right now. I think that's where I am. Okay. I mean, they're all valuable, and it's mm -hmm. nice that you can go up and down mm -hmm. if you want, right, in whatever level of access you want to have, depending on what's going on. But you've really immersed yourself in studying these different ideas that I try to share, correct? Yes. Okay, so you reached out to me about um, 
coming and studying and spending a little more intensive time. And so Kimmy and I find it quite easy to accommodate uh, students that are engaged riding along because day to day we don't have a lot of time to teach outside of getting our work accomplished and sharing sort of key pieces as we go. But anytime I have someone ask me to come ride along who's also engaged in the other educational platforms that I have out there, I'm always glad to accommodate because it means that our conversations are contextual. So I don't know if you've experienced, Nicole, as you've been here, do you feel that our conversations have been like, we could kind of like pick up like we're old friends and talk about things in the same language? I do feel that. Yes. It feels very easy in that mm -hmm. respect. It's always harder for me to have someone ride along when they're not familiar with my work or what I teach because I feel like I have to back up 10 steps for them to appreciate what I'm doing with the horse hands-on. I right? agree. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I agree. So, you know, Kimmy, you're at a point in your education where you have mastered a lot of the skills necessary to be a successful health care provider on your own. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to stay on for an extra year? Um, well, it's a learning journey and I want to be the best health care provider I can be when I am out helping horses. And, um, and you know, I, I see some very interesting cases here at the farm and when we're called out for special emergencies um, and there's just such attention to detail that's put towards these the horses um, and the information that is relayed to the owner about um, just addressing concerns in a holistic manner um, it's not just the hoof care but it's the environment the horse lives in the diet um, the, the dentistry, the um, hands-on approach for, you know, body work, um, and, you know, everything's addressed. And I, I came from that environment, but it wasn't a cohesive team. And so I realized that that's so important, and, and I just want to continue to immerse myself in that so that when I'm out working with clients and I'm introducing this information to them for potentially the first time, if they're not aware of all the different modalities that are, that are out there that I want to be able to speak from not only my experience, but just from a very knowledgeable place. So I'm here to keep learning because it's super valuable. Awesome. Well, you know, I was very, 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 may I say very glad that you decided to stay on mm -hmm. uh, for another year. And if I had my way, I would secretly tether you to Pennsylvania <laughs> so that you can't possibly go anywhere else to start a business, even though if and when you do, because of course I would like you to stay, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, obviously I, I, I fully support you going and helping horses and know you will be successful doing that wherever you go. No. Hopefully next door. <laughs> so, because um, <clears throat> there are a lot more horses here we need to help. <laughs> There's horses everywhere. I know, I know. But the ones in Pennsylvania really need you. <laughs> anyway, okay, we digress. Those of you that have met Kimmy know how wonderful she is and um, how well she and I work together. And that's, that's really valuable to me, obviously. So, you know, I have, I have a slight bias. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but, okay, so now it's interesting that you bring up about 
needing to be able to articulate this information successfully to your team, whoever that is, whether it's the horse owner, the barn caretaker, the veterinarian, the holistic team member that offers, you know, um, complementary therapies or integrative therapies, so on and so forth. And um, it's one of the reasons why I love having students like Nicole ride along because what I've seen from the last two days of us working together and even at the hoof workshop we had last week here at the farm, Mm -hmm. I was putting you out there more in a teaching role and asking you to coach students and relay information in your own way because there's value in all of that, right? People learn differently and you can say the same thing coming from six different people coming out slightly different ways and it'll resonate with you one way versus another. And so I find it's incredibly beneficial just to have, to learn from different people and share ideas, even if they have a common theme or a common foundation like we all do, we still can give each other different phrasing that might click or, a, a, you know, a, an approach or, or even just saying, hearing the same thing over and over and over again, it hits you a different way each time. So you've done a really good job at stepping up to me asking you, putting you on the spot, Uh, right? Every time and saying, oh, guess what, Kimmy, you're going to teach this, or I want you to share this, or you coach that person, Mm -hmm. or why don't you explain what you would do in that situation? Because it's important that you're able to articulate these things. And how how does that saying go? The one about the fish? About the fish? Yes, you can go fish for someone. Or you can teach them to fish and they can eat for a lifetime. Right. Right. So that's the goal here, is to really have mastery of information. You not only need to be able to produce it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But you also need to be able to articulate it and teach it to someone else to have true ownership. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, and I can relate from my past life. Yeah, you were, were so much of a teacher in that mm-hmm. respect. Yes, in your yes. other in your previous lifetime. Yes, my previous lifetime. Yes, I was in a trainer role. It just wasn't with animals. Right. So I was just making that connection today that it, it's it's a different type of teaching. So, yeah, but, but you're it's very still good at conveying it. information. Yeah. 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 So. So how do you think that's impacted your educational journey? Just, just the experience the past, you know, week and a half of the hoof workshop and now Mm -hmm. with Nicole being here, Mm -hmm. how do you feel being put into that role has shed light on where you're at on your journey? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think for my it actually gives me more ownership of what I know when I can articulate it and share it with someone else. Um, Like yesterday we practiced, all the horses we saw, we practiced going through, you know, identifying, um, you know, hook types, distortions, uh, what would the trimming plan be? And, you know, it helped me be more efficient at my trims. Yeah. Because we were talking about it. And so the plan was discussed before I picked up the foot and trimmed it. So, you know, you and I have been talking about that from day one. Have a plan in your head before you pick up the foot so you can be as efficient as possible. So it 
helped Nicole and I discussing the trimming plan helped me be more organized mm. in, in what I was doing with the horse. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, that's one of the fun things I find most rewarding about teaching is that it makes me accountable and puts my actions into my consciousness as opposed to just doing things intuitively and then wondering why something went sideways or wondering, did I just do that on autopilot and did I do the best job I could or did I just apply a trim? Which, you know, we all get into our routines, having to teach and articulate exactly what I'm thinking and think about the why I'm doing something. Why do I think this? Why is that important? What things am I looking at in the horse that are telling me specifically that I'm on the right track has honestly made me a better healthcare provider, the teaching component specifically. Mm-hmm. And for what, the reason that you're describing in that it helps you crystallize your thoughts before you take action, before you pick up that rasp, before you pick up the horse's foot, you're very clear in what your mindset and your goal is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a ton of fun yesterday going out with Nicole and teaming up, working together. Yeah. It's a great learning experience. Good. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been watching with a bit of, um, personal, like mommy pride, (laughs) you know, if that, if if that makes sense, because it's one thing to mentor someone and to teach someone, but to watch them excel and, and grasp the information that you've shared over two years. Uh Right. Yeah. And to be able to articulate that and disseminate that to someone else is like the best feeling on the planet for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, if I could create lots of people out there who are teaching and sharing on their own, on their own, um, you know, enthusiasm, mm-hmm. how much easier it would be for me to then touch those horses, right? It's like that trickle down effect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Nicole, you've been the, you've been the, the victim of this, this, uh, <laughs> Uh, educational experience for Kimmy and and my my you know uh, devising here on the fly of saying okay you guys go do this and let's see what happens right how did you feel about being on the receiving end I was I was a little worried you'd feel like I was neglecting you no not no not at all um, I the inf- Kimmy shares information great I'm thinking she probably doesn't give herself enough credit I agree in, in in that process um, because we had, you know, her and I are at different levels clearly, um, but um, she was able, we met in the middle in our conversation. So however you want to look at that. Yeah, where she, yeah. It's, it's important as a hoof care provider that we can articulate information to the audience that's in front of us. Mm-hmm. So I would speak differently to a veterinarian yes. than I would to a horse owner than I would to say a fellow hoof care professional, right? Correct. Use different yes. words. Um, you speak in a different maybe um, level of technicality or explain things in a, in a more simplified or, or slower way mm-hmm. to each different audience. Right. And when you're teaching, I think you're right. It's very similar that it's one thing to have an understanding of the information yourself and be able to apply it. And yet... Kimmy had to not only figure out where your experience level was without much information, because I've been helping you, not Kimmy, right? right? right. But then she also had to be able to interpret what you were telling her 
and figure out the most relevant information to share at that moment in time. Yeah. And that's huge, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it helps me appreciate really how, how rewarding and how satisfying these types of experiences are that we can all come together and we can look at the horse in front of us. And our job is to help that horse. And what's the highest thing that we can do? What's the best, highest energetic thing that we can bring forward to help that horse today? Sometimes it's not trimming the horse, Yeah. right? right. Sometimes it's um, having hard conversations. Sometimes it's like, getting the fastest, best trim you can on that animal because that's all they can tolerate that day. Yeah. Sometimes we have to shortcut things, not because you know, we're shortcutting, but because that's all the horse can manage, mm-hmm. right? So to me, when I have students that are with me, what I'm thinking about is what is the greatest good that I could impart for this experience? And I'm thinking about myself, like what's going to be rewarding for me? Because I've got to take care of me too. And I'm thinking about Kimmy and how can I continue Kimmy's educational journey through this experience? Of course, I'm thinking about your experience, Nicole, because you're the one who elected to spend your time to come out and spend time with us, which I really appreciate. And yet at the end of the day, we're here to serve the horse. So it all just needs to like work synergistically together and when that happens like it has for us in the last couple days i think it's just magical you know so to wrap up our podcast today um i would like to hear from both of you what is the most interesting thing that you've experienced seen or been part of in the last three or four days who wants to go first Okay. I know that's a big question. We've done a lot of fun things. Yeah. Do you have one? Well, so... Um, you can talk about Sunday if you want. Sunday? That was so long. Sunday? What did we do on Sunday? The horse with the um, hoof capsule that fell off. Oh. But you don't have to talk about that. I go there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Well, we'll save that for, we'll save another, that for another podcast. podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, so... Um, Oh, and by the way, the horse, yeah, he was... The horse went to heaven. heaven, Yeah, he went to heaven. Before it it fell off. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did you want want to to share that story now or (laughs) not? No, no. Okay, then continue. I didn't want to leave people too lingering and hanging and worried. So um, anyhow, so I think, you know, I really... um, It was very impactful today. We were working with um, one of the ponies here at the farm. And, um, and, um, Stormy was fidgety and just, you know, flinging his legs all over and, um, Nicole and I were working on some mapping and, and you know, just ba- some basic things. And he was, he was a little bit nervous around it. And I don't know Stormy all that well. He's new here. And, um, and so anyhow, Daisy had left us alone, the two of us alone to, to work with him and then came back to check, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And she's like, wait, you could do it a little bit differently, right? You know, why are you holding his foot like that? Why don't you try holding it this way? And it opened up this amazing conversation of how we could meet Stormy's needs and, and the night and day difference in Stormy's 
like demeanor was like a little miracle. Yeah. So we were talking mm-hmm. about walking up to the horse, having an intention of meeting the horse where they're at. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Stormy was anxious and nervous and, and kind of yanking his legs away and being kind of a naughty little pony. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a feeling that he's probably been handled like that a lot for his feet in the past. Yeah, so it's triggering some uncomfortable memories or something. Well, he's worried about people yanking him around. Yes. And the only reason I can say that is because he was in a lesson program. Mm -hmm. He lived out in a field. He didn't get grain or supplements, Mm -hmm. but had lots of hay and lots of grass and lots of friends and gave lessons and was well cared for, Mm -hmm. but kind of treated like a a work animal a little bit. He didn't have a person. Mm -hmm even though he came to us because of one of the little girls that rode him and loved him when he was ready to retire, asked if she could adopt him. And so I'm glad that he's here and he has his person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but all that's kind of a new experience for him. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're focused on our learning, sometimes we are matter of fact about our approach to the horse, not in a cold way, mm-hmm. just because we're focused on other things. Right. Because I remember being that focused on doing whatever I needed to do with the foot that that's all I could think about. You forget maybe a little bit about the fact yeah. that this, this foot's attached to a living animal who has an opinion. Right. Yeah. And you can either work with them mm-hmm. or, or against them. Or against them. Against them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inadvertently, not on purpose. Right. 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 Yeah. Because I, re- I mean... I will always be learning how to handle the horses and working with them. But I do remember when I first started trimming back in California and my first horse I trimmed took collectively four hours to trim. Yeah. And he was a saint. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So right. I just know that I'm like, who knows how I was holding his foot. Right. But we managed. <laughs> right. Right. So then, you know, we talked a lot about relating it to riding. Right. We talked about how when you pick up the horse's foot, that it's like holding the reins and having that conversation with the foot and the leg as one connected being, as opposed to perfunctorily and understandably, matter of factly saying, pick up your foot, I'm going to do something to it. But rather more about from the moment that you start tacking your horse up to go to the mounting block, to mount, to start that connection of energy, conversation, body flow, positioning, and really try to meet the horse where they need you to be to feel relaxed and comfortable, just like if you're riding a horse in a very lovely self-carriage frame and you want the horse to uh, carry itself willingly and softly, not leaning on your hands, not you holding them up, and the second that you give a little inside rein or something like that, they fall on their forehand because you didn't realize that you were actually pulling them into self-carriage instead of them creating it because of the connection you have, right? So, so yeah, so that was a really interesting conversation because we then kind of slowed the process down and we looked at how can we approach Stormy in a way that we're showing him that we will meet him where he is, right? And experiment with where is that? Did he need his leg a little more to the midline? Did he need it? Um, did he need you to uh, move more 
in your position towards his tail or towards his head? And how could you make him comfortable and yet still get your job done so that you both had a better experience? Because it's certainly easier to work on a horse that's standing comfortably and quietly than it is to work, to work on one that's fidgeting and objecting, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So, so how did that experience feel for you, Nicole? Because it, it was quite a moment, wasn't it? It was. I've never thought of approaching the hoof that way. Dealing, training, riding, yes, absolutely. But it was an, a pivotal moment because I just, something so simple, I never thought of it. And it's a game changer. Yeah, I think when we're learning also, and tell me if this resonates for you, Nicole, but I do think that when we're learning, we um, are a little bit overwhelmed with the job in front of us. And we're trying to juggle so many things in our mind. And we're trying to really think about, you know, being excellent at our tool handling and reading the foot and doing something to this foot that's going to help this horse, that it's no different than like, you have to like grab your guts and be brave. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really hard to slow down and be in the moment when you're in that mindset. Yes. And so, so kind of refocusing on every little detail will either make or break your success, but not in a neurotic way, right? Not like you have to be manic about how you're trimming this foot and how you're holding the horse and da, 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 but more about just feeling and using your excellent horsemanship skills to serve you in setting yourself up for success in those moments. And you just said it, horsemanship skills. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That's it. Yeah. And the, immediately when we changed our intention, when our energy yes. changed mm-hmm. and you so thought, yeah, he just completely softened and relaxed and he got really nice and like heavy lidded with his mm-hmm. eyes and his ears went sideways and his head came down and he even did that big diaphragmatic sigh, didn't he? The kidney breath. <sighs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But we all love in our horses where we know they're releasing a ton of mm-hmm. tension. But it helped all of us, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whole, the whole energy shifted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those moments to me are like magic, yeah. right? When we're, when we're talking about all these mechanical components and all these things we do to help the horse as a hoof care provider, which, yes, the tool use is important. Yes, you know accurately assessing the leg and the foot and the map and all of these things is important. But at the end of the day, just connecting with that animal and creating that, that shared relationship, bodies moving together, relying on each other, trusting one another is really the crux of it. Mm -hmm. And what you actually do to the foot at that moment is somewhat to me less critical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Isn't that, isn't that funny how like we all focus so much on the mechanics of the trim? Mm-hmm. Makes sense though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's your learning phases. Right. So yeah. we've had a really good time the last couple of days. Nicole, thank you so much for coming out and spending time. I'm looking forward to tomorrow because we have more things that we're going to do tomorrow before you have to head home. Mm-hmm. And Kimmy, I'm sorry. You're stuck with me. <laughs> you, you've committed to the third year. <laughs> And hopefully many more. And so, um, you know, uh, we are going to have lots more engaging conversations. Uh, yes, this, is, this is podcast number one. 
which is momentous. So I hope you all have enjoyed a little bit of a picture of what we've been engaging in the last couple of days and some of the things that come about in, in the teaching component and the experiential component of what I do every day. And I look forward to the next conversation. Thanks, guys. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you.